1: No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
0: It's still real to me, damn, it, damn it. Welcome, everybody. Welcome to this week's edition of the Still Realtor Show. Episode number 680 for February 23rd, 2023. This is your WWE Elimination Chamber recap and review edition of SRTU. I am one after the show. I am Jeff Beck. Joined every single week by my co-host, the one-way Dr. Trey Franklin. Dr. Trey, happy 13th anniversary
2: to you, my friend. Uh, Happy 13th anniversary. I feel like the second wife. Does that make, like... I wasn't that's here fair. day one, but you know, they always say, and, and my wife will attest to it. The second wife is the best wife, so uh, keep that in mind, Jeff. I know you got a uh, nuptials in your future. So, <laughs> second wife—that's the way to go.
0: Okay. Well, duly noted. Duly noted. Um, <laughs> Doctor Trey, yeah, you. This is our thirteenth anniversary. So, SRTU debuted back on February twentieth, two thousand ten. 13 years of SRTU, 680 straight weeks of SRTU. We've never missed a week in 13 years, uh, never missed a new episode. There's been no best ofs or anything like that. It's been a new and fresh episode of SRTU for 680 straight weeks. Dr. Trey jumped on about year number two of SRTU, right heading into WrestleMania 28. So our first WrestleMania we covered here was WrestleMania 26 with uh, my old pal Eric Archulo, former CCW announcer, uh, original Ring of Honor um, commentator. So, uh, Doctor Trey hopped on year number two, heading into WrestleMania 28. You've been here for 11 years. The show's been here for 13, but uh, I think you you were around in those first 10 episodes anyway. I think when we look back at the history of SRTU, it was like literally episode number 10 was your debut. So here we are, 13 years into this thing. It's
1: Play for free at luckylandslots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
2: We have gone eight times longer than WCW beating WWE. Um, I, I did some research recently. Uh, I believe we are actually the second longest running uh, episodic podcast for wrestling. In the country, really, I only found one. I only found one show that had been long, going longer than us, and their claim to fame was. no, I didn't go through their archives, but their claim was new content every single week, and I think they're at like year nineteen. So we got we still got a little ways to go, but um, for two guys who met in an online trivia site to be sitting here thirteen late, years later, still doing the show, uh, pretty impressive, um, and. We, I mean, heck, we outlasted Camel Clutch Blog, for crying out loud. That's how long this it show's did. been running. We've outlasted all the other websites we've been on. We've outlasted everybody. So...
0: Wrestle Chat
2: for, Yeah, like, kudos to us for just sticking around <laughs> and apparently having nothing better to do than talk to our fans about wrestling.
0: Yeah, it's funny that you bring up the uh, the sports trivia show. So, I was trying to figure out when I got onto EA Game Show. So, way back in 2008... There was a very, like, seven, eight-month platform that EA Game Show did. It was kind of revolutionary for its time. It was a live sports trivia game show that aired Monday through Sunday, seven days a week, seven nights a week. I think they went live from, like, 5 p.m. to midnight sometimes, and I think they tried doing daytime stuff as well. I thought it was a really cool concept. It did not last long. It was seven years, and I was like, "When when did I find that? And I had to go back. I remember it was around like an Easter holiday and I had visited some family of mine and I had found the website and I was playing it for the first time there on, uh, on my commuter- computer on the Internet. That was March 2008, Dr. Trey. So you and I have known each other for about 15 years, which is absurd because you and I became friends during the wrestling trivia that would air from time to time on EA game show. I think it was like Tuesday nights is when they would do it.
2: Yeah, do you remember that we did Tues we did Tuesday night fight night. I, we did a little bit on Sundays as well in the beginning, and then it was so the the little like we if I'm not mistaken we started off like just like a one hour wrestling trivia thing on Sundays. Not and then it got yeah so yeah, pop, and then it got popular enough that they actually blocked out like three hours on a Tuesday for us because that was their most traffic they got was on the wrestling nights. Yeah. Um, so and, and, you you got to remember, like, my daughter was born in January of 08. So my daughter, that's how I stumbled across it was because me and Bauer were friends from his time on Sirius Satellite Radio. Um, I heard about this venture, and I had been kind of like, you know, at nights I would get home and I'm hanging up with my, you know, my baby daughter, and her sleep schedule's kind of funky, and then when she'd fall asleep, I'd, I'd pop on EA game show, and then the wrestling stuff it Bauer kind of knew my history and he saw how good you were and actually started like kind of pairing us up and you know 13 year later 13 years later you and I are still here and my daughter's about to go get her permit here in the next few weeks
0: all right let's get old yeah that's great <laughs> um but yeah it was it's what's funny about that is is back then too. Dr. Trey and I as he said that we were paired up as like a tag team in the wrestling trivia not knowing one another and here we are 15 years later Still knowing one another, which is something I think most people would find absurd, knowing someone from a, a very quick and uh, like in a flash sports trivia platform from EA Sports, which was, I, th- I still say, Dr. Trey, I'm shocked it's never returned. I thought it was, I mean, you don't really see that at all. I'm shocked by this. I think it would be pretty popular nowadays.
2: Yeah, especially with the, with the, as popular as podcasts have become and people being online and uh, you know, doing games and social medias and TikToks and things like that, like, I am kind of surprised. I, I, I do think part of their downfall was they got, like, not name-brand uh, hosts, but, you know, people who charge a decent penny for their services. I'm mean, sure now, in the with the world of podcasting, you could find people to host those shows for far less and it wasn't like what, like the very end is when we finally started getting sponsors for that show. So it was like, they had no real income until they started doing the sponsorships. And that was like four months into the launch of the show.
0: Yeah. It, it's crazy. So here we are 15 years later, we've known each other for 15 years, uh, doing the podcast here for 13 years, 680 straight weeks. You know, people ask me from time to time, hit hit me up on DM and they're like, how much longer do you think you guys are going to keep doing this? And I got to be honest, in 2022, I think I had the most fun we've had in some time covering professional wrestling because I, I don't know if it's just us in our old age and we be, become the Muppets characters up in the balcony, like mad at everything, like get off my lawn. But last year I thought was one of the best years of professional wrestling we've ever covered on the history of the show. And uh, I just feel like it's it's felt a lot more relaxed doing the podcast over the years. And uh, I'm just kind of having fun with it as as best we can.
2: Yeah, ironically enough, you know, we did our year-end awards. We talked about, like, the news story of the year. And there were seven stories that in any other year could have been news story of the year. It's like, well, yeah, that's why we had fun. And then a lot of it also was coming out of the, pan, you know, the pandemic stuff. Like, this was kind of our saving grace during the pandemic times was doing the podcast. And, you know, we've had moments. I know... 2014 2015 we kind of talked about how much longer we want to go and we both kind of thought hey maybe a couple more years and then here we are even after that it's that was eight years ago you know and we're still here doing it and last year like the during the pandemic time and then coming out of pandemic has been the most fun i've had doing this show in quite a while um you know and then Jeff's life going on my life going on being able to you know add in the stuff with independent wrestling that I'm affiliated with Kind of gives it a different feel and vibe at times. So yeah, like i'm just having a ball doing this and Luckily, I have a family that's like Oh, it's thursday. Oh, it's wednesday. You're doing the show tonight? Okay, cool. Go to the show I'm gonna watch tv until you're done. So everybody's Like very supportive uh, Of what we do here.
0: Yeah, yeah, I I don't I always feel like there will be an SRTU. Will it be a weekly episodic show as we get older and, and time becomes more sensitive? Um, I'm not sure. I always feel like there's going to be SRTU at some point um, each and every year. But, uh, I mean, we're just enjoying the ride right now. The fact that we've been able to do 13 straight years just, ta- just talking professional wrestling, things that we enjoy, um, I think is great. And, um, you know, I think we're just going to enjoy the ride as best we can. I always feel like each year I'm like, I think this could be it. I think this is probably the year that we slow down, um, and start packing in a little bit, maybe doing some part time stuff here and there, um, maybe going through an entire run during like a WrestleMania season as a weekly episodic podcast and hopping on monthly uh, every now and again or whatever. Uh, but I think we've enjoyed what we've been doing the last couple of years and, um, yeah, I think just enjoying what we can while we can still do it. I guess Dr. Trey is is basically what I'm trying to say here.
2: I am amazed that nobody's like really reached out just for our library. I mean, how many other podcasts out there have 680 episodes just like laying around that they could put up and, you know, outsource to folks. But yeah, like for me, like I said, like this is, you know, my break from the stress of work, from the stress of family, like, and then, it keeps me interested in the product. Like there you know, we've talked about there's been times where the product's kinda lagged and it's like, Well, I gotta watch it for the show. And right now we're kind of in that, you know, like we said like four or five years ago about the golden age of wrestling, like we're kind of in it a little bit more now with how good the product's been across all branches of it. It's like, man, I actually like love getting on here and deep diving into this stuff because it's actually really good. So that makes it even a, a better watch for us. Instead of those times where we were like, "Dear God, shoot me now!" I can't watch another episode of this of this product. is It's god awful. So, um, it's it's been it's been a great little ride, and somehow it keeps getting better.
0: Yeah, we're just enjoying the ride. Glad that you're still with us doing it each and every single week. All those who are uh, hardcore listeners of ours, thank you for supporting us all these thirteen years. So I would be remiss if we didn't take a little bit of time out on this week's edition of the podcast and go and look back to 13 years of SRTU. Uh, Debut February 20th, 2010. Here we are, February 23rd, 2023. Still going. And uh, about to recap and review the very first pay-per-view we ever covered in the history of SRTU, and that was WWE Elimination Chamber. This version of it came to us this past Saturday from the Bell Center in Montreal, Quebec, Canada. Before I get on into the card here, Dr. Trey, let me just start off by saying Montreal has been one of my favorite wrestling crowds we have heard, maybe in the last year. That that was an awesome, awesome crowd on Friday Night SmackDown and on Saturday Night's Elimination Chamber.
2: See, crowds like that make me really love being a wrestling fan. And and listen, AEW a lot of their dynamites they have really raucous crowds and. I don't want to say it dilutes it a little bit because, you know, you and I are accustomed to watching Dynamite. The crowd's really into it. We're like, oh, you get used to it. And with WWE, there's kind of those, those crowds that are kind of like passive or, hey, that was great. Or, you know, you're like, well done. You know, just little stuff like that. But that crowd, Friday night, Saturday night, was fantastic. It was lively, energetic, and it helped. With the programming, because you never felt a lull in the show because the crowd was into it all the way throughout, both nights.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Great, great crowd. I hope they go to Canada more often. I think they deserve it. Um, the run in the Canada shows have been fantastic. Canada's always had really, really good wrestling crowds. So props to uh, Montreal on Friday and Saturday. First match here was the Women's Elimination Chamber matches. As Asuka defeats Liv Morgan, Nikki Cross, Raquel Gonzalez, excuse me, Ra- Raquel Rodriguez, Natalia, and Carmella. To win the elimination chamber match for the WWE Raw Women's Championship match at WrestleMania 39, Doctor Trey and I both had Oscar. Fun chamber match, well-paced match that was action-packed. Wild spots with Raquel spearing Nikki into the pod, to Liv Morgan super sunset flip from the top of the pod. I am pumped for Bianca versus Oscar WrestleMania 39. Really fun match, Doctor Trey. Your thoughts on the women's elimination chamber match?
2: I, I really enjoyed the match. Uh, although I think on when I when I on paper when I first started watching, I'm like. There's no – like I couldn't make a case for anybody outside of Asuka, really. Like I'm looking at the, at the women in the match. I'm like, yeah, like Raquel – I don't know. I'm not am not a Raquel Rodriguez fan, so it is what it is. You know, Liv's fun. But you're like looking at Natalya and Carmel and you're like, yeah, really? There are, they don't scream WrestleMania, you know, feature match. It, it was really Asuka's match to impress, and I think they did a great job of that. Like everybody got their – There are moments like Nikki's cross, you know, Nikki Cross's cross body from the top of the pod as well. Even though she went out first and still made a statement overall, I thought it was a really good showcase of all the women showed what they can do and then highlighted how, how great Asuka is with the new character and everything else heading into WrestleMania. So, you know, I'm pumped to see where this feud goes, uh, heading into WrestleMania because it's funny six months or what? Five months ago, it was Bianca, Asuka, and Alexa against Damage Control, and now Bianca's feuded with both those partners coming out of it. So really interesting to see how they pair the storyline going forward.
0: Uh, next match here is Bobby Lashley defeating Brock Lesnar. I had Bobby Lashley, Dr. Trey, and Brock Lesnar. Yeah. I would say this was fun for 75% of the match, and then the finish was confusing. Uh, I get that the story is that Bobby Lashley has Brock Lesnar's number, so why not let him have Brock's number? I guess we will have to see how this, how or if this plays out. We're going to look a little bit more in depth towards the WrestleMania 39 card here after we look at uh, Elimination Chamber. But even from what we saw on Monday's Raw, still very confusing. Dr. Trey, your thoughts here on Lashley defeating Brock by DQ?
2: Yeah, uh, I, I I hated the finish. The match itself is the typical Brock match now where it's like, you know, power, power, finishers, finishers. Who's going to be the last man standing, so to speak? Um when you look at the last match that Brock won, when he reversed the hurt lock into the pinfall, the fact that they didn't at least try that approach leading into the DQ uh, was puzzling to me because I would at least tried it. Lashley, you roll through, holds on to it, and then Brock does it. That would have made sense. But just a straight low blow from a guy who's supposed to be a babyface, super cowboy guy, whatever you want to do, like, it's just a weird finish for the Brock character. But I get it. In, in WWE's mind, he's not your typical baby face. He's just, they know that fans just love to see Brock destroy stuff. So, if you can get out of the hurt lock with the DQ and then destroy the referee, destroy Bobby Lashley, destroy the ringside area, they know the crowd will still go home happy and still be behind Brock with with whatever they do next.
0: Yeah, it feels like creative is all in agreement that they, and that they want to put Bobby Lashley over as this insane specimen but they're also in agreement that they don't want to they don't want to give Brock Lesnar an L uh in that instance it's just it was very bizarre booking um next match here is Edge and Beth Phoenix defeating Finn Balor and Rhea Ripley we both had Edge and Beth Phoenix winning this one fun mixed tag team match Beth missing her spot to break up the pin after the brass knuckle spot took some momentum away from the match but all four quickly recovered i love the nod to Edge and Beth's real life friends FTR by hitting the shatter machine for the win (laughs) edge and especially beth phoenix because she wrestles like once a year Uh, i'll just i guess i'll focus on beth here she has not missed a beat like i was listening to ftr with dax hardwood and he's covering the elimination chamber pay-per-view and he said he texted beth phoenix and said that she could be a full-time wrestler today i could not agree more with that statement Uh, just a great mixed tag team match dr trey's ethan edge and beth phoenix get the victory
2: yeah, not to mention having those dance partners in Finn and Rhea. Like, you know, the double powerbomb spot. Like, that was it. That was awesome. The look I mean, and there's that momentary pause where edge and uh, Finn look at each other before they get powerbombed. Like, I love that stuff. And, you know, the Dominic factor into it. I mean, that crowd was all awesome for Dominic that entire match. I loved it. It was great. I, it was really fun. Like I said, like you mentioned, the, the – Beth, at times, a half a step off, maybe. But once again, if you're only wrestling once a year, a half a step when you're a Hall of Famer like Beth Phoenix isn't that much to lose. Um, Like, she's better than 80% of the roster, like, just working once a month. So they know how to work a crowd. They know how to get people into it. Like, just a really, really fun match. And I'm not a huge fan of intergender matches, but even the way they produced it and put it together with the tags making sense when they did it was just a testament to those people in the ring because if, like you get those every down those mixed tags and it's like the the you know the heels beat at the baby face and then the heel tags out it's like why are you doing that like you have your opponent reeling why tag out everything this match everything they did made sense so that's one reason why I really like that match.
0: Next match had Austin Theory defeating Seth Freakin' Rollins, Johnny Gargano, Bronson Reed, Damian Priest, and Montez Ford. In an Elimination Chamber match to retain the WWE United States Championship, I had Austin Theory, Dutch trade Seth Freakin' Rollins. Uh, awesome Elimination Chamber match. Uh, very entertaining, very fun. I love seeing all six guys get an opportunity to shine in a big match. The Logan Paul finish made sense to build towards Rollins Paul for WrestleMania 39. And Theory getting the win makes sense going into an expected WrestleMania 39 match with John Cena. Great elimination chamber match. Your thoughts, Dr. Trey.
2: Yeah. Great elimination. Elimination chamber chamber match. All six guys got their moments to shine. Nobody came out looking bad. Like it took what Gargano, Seth and Montez to put Bronson Reed away. So you don't, he doesn't really lose anything on that. Took you know, three guys hitting multiple moves on to put him down. Gargano had a great showing, uh, Theory, playing it smart, staying out of the way. You know, Montez had his moments. The finish. This is My only complaint was WWE's camera work on the finish. Like, there's that weird awkwardness where you're like, doesn't Seth see Logan there? Like, if they had cut it a little bit differently, it would have been perfect. Um, So just a momentary director's issue. But outside of that, hey, it was a great match. Um, I still would have put the belt on Seth to lead up to that match because... Austin and John Cena, if they do it for the U.S. title, doesn't make a ton of sense because Cena's not going to be around all the time. At least Logan Paul, if you put the belt on him, is a little more available than John Cena. So maybe I would have gone that route. But overall, great match. Really enjoyed it.
0: And then finally, in the main event, Roman Reigns defeats Sami Zayn to retain the undisputed WWE Universal Championship. Both Dr. Trey and I had Roman Reigns so in this one. Solid match, amazing atmosphere, and in-ring storytelling. I would have liked to seen Kevin Owens come out during the match, but I understand they wanted to send the hometown, hometown crowd home happy. I think the storyline and match proved that Sami Zayn could be a WWE championship material. Um, I know a lot of people are disappointed in the result because they felt like that this was a Kofi Mania, Daniel Bryan, Becky Lynch, the Man Wave heading into WrestleMania it's the right guy, wrong time, unfortunately. I mean, WWE kind of booked themselves in a corner here. I could not see that they would be going into Sammy Cody Rhodes at WrestleMania as the main event. They could always still go as in, a, in a triple threat match, but um, I feel like if they went Sammy versus Cody, they would be doing a disservice for the long term growth of both Sammy and Cody Rhodes because they could be uh, top baby faces for the promotion for the rest of this year and beyond. Um, it's disappointing, but I totally get it, and uh, not a popular opinion, but Roman Reigns is the top wrestler in all of professional wrestling today, and he deserves to be in the main event spot at WrestleMania right now. Sammy proved that he can be there. He he absolutely proved he can be there. It's just unfortunately not the right time. Um, Dr. Trey, your thoughts on this one? Roman Reigns defeats Sami Zayn.
2: Yeah, I, I don't think anybody in WWE thought Sami Zayn would get over the way he did. And this match is a testament not only to how good Roman Reigns is, because to me that was a master class in being a heel. Like everything he did, every moment there was made sense. The interactions between Roman and Sammy's wife were beautiful. Like all that stuff. That was just a master class in being a modern day heel. Um, but you're right, Sammy was able to showcase that hey, Given the opportunity, he can absolutely be a top guy in this company. Um, And it is a little bit of, you know, just bad timing for everybody involved. Because if, once again, if you had two world championships, hey, Sammy can be a champion on one show, Cody on another. Um, It would make sense. This match, though, I, I really enjoyed it. The crowd was fired up into it. Like, I almost felt—I don't know about you—but like I, at the end of the match, I almost felt bad for the city of Montreal that, for the first time since the Montreal screw job, they get the hometown boy in the main event, and he doesn't come away with it. Like that, I kind of felt a little bit bad for Montreal on that end. But like, I, I love this match. It was so much fun to watch, and you know, I, I get—like, I was with you. I was—I like, kind of wanted Kevin to come out during the match, but then when you look at the interaction that like Kevin and Sammy had on Monday it made sense why they didn't have him come out on Saturday. So I'm cool with it. Uh, Crowd went home happy seeing Sammy get the upper hand on Roman at least. So overall, like this is kind of how you book a show when the hometown boy doesn't get to win, but at least the crowd still gets to go, go home happy seeing him get the upper hand before, you know, they leave the building.
0: Pay-per-view prediction records, I went 5-0, Dr. Trey went 3-2, I'm 14-2 on the year, Dr. Trey 9-7. Match of the night and event rating, I will go first, Dr. Trey. I loved Elimination Chamber, very solid show. I do think it's a tick down from Royal Rumble, so I gave Elimination Chamber a 4.2 out of 5. And my match of the night was the men's Elimination Chamber match with Austin Theory, Seth Rollins, Jenna Gargano, Bronson Reed, Damian Priest, and Montez Ford. What's AU event rating and match of the night?
2: Well, being the heel guy that I am, I, I went matching the night with Roman and Sammy. Uh, like I said, I just loved everything Roman did that match. It, it's, it's weird seeing a guy that big do a lot of the old Ric Flair stuff uh, with being a heel and working the crowd the way he does. Uh, my event rating, I was at a 4.2 also. like I thought it was right in line, maybe a notch below Royal Rumble, but overall really fun, solid show. And it's crazy to think, that there were only five matches on this show where a year ago there was like nine. Mm -hmm. So it just shows you like how, how W's changed as well. When they put pay-per-views together under triple H versus when Vince was running the show and we don't have those, you know, six minute pay-per-view squash matches anymore.
0: Yeah. They're making the matches count and they're actually giving you really good matches heading into um, the pay-per-view week as well. Gunther and madcap Moss had a very solid match on SmackDown That's the stuff that you want to see heading into there is you still have solid matches on Raw and SmackDown heading into the big premium live event on uh, that Saturday or Sunday. So there you go. Elimination Chamber, pay-per-view. Feel free to chime in at SRTU Podcast on Twitter or Facebook.com slash still real to show. Uh, Next pay-per-view we will be covering will be AEW Revolution, which will be taking place on March the 5th. That'll be here uh, in no time. Actually, it'll be uh, next weekend. So. Uh, next week's edition of the show we'll preview and predict aw revolution um, which actually is on a sunday i guess and then we'll recap review it on the 9th and then we'll be full steam ahead towards wrestlemania 39 uh with that said dr Trey, one of the things that we always have done here on the history of the show um usually in february maybe typically following the the february pay-per-view sometimes the rumble is the wrestlemania 39 card updates we have not done that in the last couple of weeks um the official card updates are as follows Roman Reigns will defend the Undisputed WWE Universal Championship against Cody Rhodes. Charlotte Flair will defend the SmackDown Women's Championship against Rhea Ripley. And Bianca Belair will defend the Raw Women's Championship against Asuka. Uh, Three official matches on the card. I did tease about five minutes ago that maybe they could add Sami Zayn to the Reigns-Cody Rhodes match. I don't think that will happen. But from what we can see right now, those three matches are official. Any uh, initial thoughts on those three official matches for WrestleMania 39.
2: No, those on paper, those are all WrestleMania-worthy matches. I mean, Cody's arguably maybe the second most popular guy in the company behind Sammy, so it makes sense for him to get a shot. Rhea and Charlotte, it, you know, I mean, hell, we've had that WrestleMania match before. Now it's just aged like a fine wine. Uh, and Bianca and Asuka, I know they've wrestled in the past, but not with the new Asuka old-school character coming back, so I'm looking forward to that one. So, on paper, these are all three WrestleMania-worthy matches.
0: So, we have some rumored slash expected stuff right now going on with WrestleMania 39. I'll go uh, match-by-match, basically from what I am seeing on television, plus the reports that we're reading, and you tell me if you think it's happening at WrestleMania or or not right now, as we sit here on February 23rd. Uh, The Usos defending the Unified WWE Tag Team Championship against Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens.
2: Yeah, I think that's going to happen. I, I, we saw Jay get taken out by Sammy. We're still, still waiting on the fallout of that. Kevin and Sammy forming, you know, not forming, but still teasing an unofficial alliance with a six-week build. That makes a lot of sense.
0: Dominic Mysterio versus Rey Mysterio.
2: Curious, because we haven't seen Rey in a while. I know he's out nursing an injury, and you'd think that they'd start teasing it at some point. I mean, they've been teasing. all have been yes everything else like that. So
0: He did wrestle in that Fatal 4-Way on SmackDown a couple of weeks yeah. ago.
2: Yeah, but then you still think that he'd still, I mean, literally, uh, you know, if you go off what happened at Rumble, you know, somebody jumped right to take the mask.
0: Oh, Dom, yeah.
2: Yeah, and there's still no fallout from that yet. So I'll still say yes, but that one's maybe 60% yes, 40% no.
0: Wow, you really think so?
2: I think that's a slam dunk. I would think it's a slam dunk, but like once again, like, I mean...
0: I think it's definitely spot. happening. You think it won't happen because of injury?
2: No, I just, I don't know. Like, I, I would still think at some point Ray would get pissed and we'd see it. And we just, it's just haven't seen it yet. So, well, plus Dom is red hot as a heel. Is there anybody else you can slot him in against where it might be a bigger match? But right now, like, I, I'll still lean yes. But, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they put Dominic in a higher profile spot. just because I think him and
0: his well. father would be that high profile spot, though. Just, I, mean, I mean, we've been waiting watch. since Clash of the Castle for Ray yeah. to like finally smack the shit out of his son.
2: Yeah, at some point it's coming. So okay, maybe I'll. You got me. I'll go eighty percent yes.
0: Okay, Seth Rollins versus Logan Paul.
2: Yeah, that's pretty much that's, that's pretty much a given now.
0: Um, Bray Wyatt said on Friday SmackDown that he would see the winner of Bobby Lashley versus Brock Lesnar which makes the finish even more confusing from Elimination Chamber. (laughs) With that said, Bobby Lashley did cut a promo on Monday's (laughs) Raw. He mentioned Bray Wyatt. It would appear Bobby Lashley versus Bray Wyatt would be happening at WrestleMania now.
2: So I'm intrigued by this one. I'm going to go with yes on this one, but I'm also intrigued because you have the potential reformation of the, the Hurt Business with Omos added into it, and then you have Bray, Uncle Howdy, all the characters from Firefly Funhouse. Like, this could be, like, If we ever go back to cinematic matches for WrestleMania, this would be the one I'd want to see, just because you could factor in a whole lot of stuff into it and then get to the match.
0: You want to talk about confusing creative right now? It's like they sometimes tease the Hurt businesses back together, and then they don't. And Bobby Lashley's like, nope, MVP, I don't need you. And then MVP is still like awkwardly defending him. Um, Cuts a promo on Monday's Raw, which then leads into the next uh, appears to be WrestleMania match because Brock Lesnar will have to answer this on Monday's Raw Brock Lesnar versus Omos
2: yeah it's it's it is confusing I am think I think they're just trying to figure out a way to like get Brock a big win to lead to his potential matchup and be away from Bobby so maybe maybe Bray helps Brock with Omos I don't, I don't know <laughs> it's weird how they're putting it together because once again yeah you have a 7 foot 4 giant fighting Brock and then are you going to have Brock bury that monster? Like what are you going to like how do you do that match? And first of all, the other thing I'm worried about is remember when Braun Strowman was really green in the Royal Rumble and he pissed Brock off? What happens if Omos pisses Brock off? Uh, we we may never see Omos again.
0: Yeah, I just love the confusion in your voice there where you're like I I guess this could happen. <laughs> um, this just seems to me like a Vince McMahon match, like Brock versus Omos is, is like a Vince match. I know there's been reports out there that Vince is back with creative and everybody's denying it and stuff like that. But if somebody told me Vince was back and I saw this match, I'd be like, okay, yeah, no, he's definitely back with creative. It just makes ah, very weird I, sense. Um, the Bobby Lashley and Brock fe- uh, stuff right now is just confusing.
2: Yeah. Oh, you know, I, I love when big men fight.
0: Uh, Next match here, and this is just pure speculation on my part. Becky Lynch and Lita defending the WWE Women's Tag Team Championship against Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler. They have a match, Lita and Becky, on Mondays. Raw against Damage Control. You and I talked recently in the last couple shows, like, okay, if Ronda and Shayna are going to be in the tag team title picture, would they really go up against the heels Damage Control? Is someone going to turn babyface? This may be the answer to it, Dr. Trey. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a hundred casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. chumpacasino.com
2: No purchase necessary. Void are prohibited by law.
0: 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
2: No, I, I still think they're gonna get the belt off of Damage Control. I, I I'm still on the becky to Trish against Damage Control for WrestleMania. Um, I know Trish was backstage Ooh. a couple weeks ago. Okay, they haven't pulled the trigger on it yet because I think part was because of Dakota's injury.
0: See, I almost want to uh, pause. You. I want to almost want to pause you there, but keep going with what you're saying because this leads me okay. to my next potential match.
2: I still think that like somehow Liv and Raquel get the belts before Mania, and we get Liv and Raquel or okay. some form of a SmackDown tag team against Shayna and Ronda. Just because, once again, I I mean, as great as Becky and Lita would be against. You know, as much fun as it be against Ronda and Shayna, Lita doesn't look good in the ring. I don't know. Like I'm, I'm she lately, was
0: great at last year's Elimination Chamber against Becky Lynch.
2: Yes, in that one, but then the Rumble match she was in, she looked horrible. So she, I, I think she just got to be in the ring. She's got to get some ring time in. I just, you know, how to how to coordinate all that stuff. Like this is one of those storylines is kind of confusing me because on paper everybody's saying Shayna and Ronda's is getting a tag title match, and I'm like you can't put him against damage control. And if you put him against Lita and Becky, what do you do with damage control? Like it's kind of confusing. So I like, I I'm probably about 40%. Yes. On that idea and on your idea and 60%. No.
0: All right. Next match here. I have down Bailey versus Trish Stratus. There's a report out there, which I've not seen yet. Um, but I know Sean Ross Sapp has posted it, that there's some big plans for Trish Stratus. I think she's involved at WrestleMania. I could see Bailey versus Trish in a singles match.
2: Yeah. Uh, but but then it goes back to, do you really want to put Becky's first, like, I mean, not first, but like Becky and Lita against, we all want Becky and Ronda one-on-one. I don't know if I want it in a tag match. So that's why to me, it makes sense to do Becky, Lita and Trish against damage control, and then find a way to put the tag belts on Raquel and Liv, or, you know, R- Liv and Shotzi, or some kind of SmackDown girl combination to then challenge you know, or then fight Ronda and Shayna.
0: No, I totally get I get your perspective, and I could totally see that as well. Just trying to figure this out right now makes this time of year really fun as a wrestling fan. Um, Edge versus Finn Balor. There's been rumors of a Hell in a Cell match. I'm going to throw it out there. Edge versus Finn Balor, Hell in a Cell match.
2: Uh, if you get Brood, Edge, and Demon Finn in a Hell in a Cell, I'm cool with that. Um, I just don't know... like. I know we've talked about them going away from Hell in a Cell as a pay-per-view event Um, but yeah it's got to be some kind of like last man's well we did last man's or we did I quit we haven't done last Man standing um, or Hell in a Cell so yeah it's going to be some kind of combination of that but I also do think you want to do you know purple and black demon versus brood edge like I'd be on board with that too
0: uh, he will be back in a couple weeks. The RAW from Boston. Austin Theory versus John Cena for the WWE United States Championship.
2: Yeah, I just don't like the U.S. title being on the line because it, to me it kind of leans that it's going to be get, given to that Theory wins because Cena's not going to be around to defend it. So, um, but I do think I, I fully expect those two guys to clash at WrestleMania, just because that—I mean, hell's been teased for a year and a half.
0: Yeah. Uh, Gunther versus Sheamus versus Drew McIntyre for the WWE Intercontinental Championship.
2: Uh, unless they do Gunther and Brock.
0: Hmm, okay. You think they would do that with the fact that almost has already challenged him and they have a segment on Monday's raw. You think Brock well, we would have- come out and be like, no, screw you. I'm going to take on Gunther.
2: No, no, no. I'm just saying like, he might still fight Omos, but we still have a six week build. I mean, so you have a week, two weeks to kind of blow off one thing to lead into something else. Um, we had that really cool Wrestle, or, I mean, Royal Rumble moment with Brock and Gunther as well. So, I don't know. Like, Gunther versus, I don't know. Like, Drew and Sheamus against Gunther, just two-on-one, feels like a handicap no, match. No,
0: no, 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 triple threat.
2: Yeah, yeah, but still, Drew and Sheamus are best friends, and they're a tag team. Fighting Gunther feels still feels like a handicap match in a lot of ways. So... I, I would know, not maybe.
0: be shocked if they went down the route of the two of them battle it out, number one contender, and then it ends in like a DQ, and then that's how they do the triple threat. Like, you're always going to tease your pals not getting yeah. along for the opportunity as a championship. I think that would be, yeah. you know, a big, big fight for WrestleMania if they decided to I, do that. I,
2: I wish there was another heel you could slide into that match and make it a four-way.
0: Yeah, yeah I can't. And that
2: way the odds feel at least somewhat even.
0: I can't think of anybody on the top maybe Baron Corbin if he starts picking it up but By the way, then.
2: if we don't get broke Corbin back I'm a, like <sighs> that was my favorite Corbin was broke down on his luck Baron Corbin and we never it never yeah, really yeah. played out as much as they as we was we thought it was going to go it, it felt like it got cut short
0: but yeah, yeah, down yeah. on his
2: luck Baron Corbin growing his hair back out and seeing the bald spot like that was great
0: yeah, yeah, we thought he was going to become a babyface. I, I would also say maybe Damien Priest could be added to this as Fatal 4-Way. That would be interesting.
2: I mean, I mean apparently that. the brands don't matter because we've got people from all over the brands challenging other shows, so who the hell knows? Uh, and then
0: just the last thing here, this is not a match, but I have a feeling that uh, Maurice had given The Miz a gift on for their anniversary on Monday's Raw. He's going to reveal it on Miz TV this Monday. I think he reveals that he is going to be the host of WrestleMania 39 in Hollywood.
2: Makes sense. Yeah, right. I, I still like. I have we heard an update on Ciampa?
0: Uh, no, unfortunately, we have not.
2: Because I'd love to see like Miz and I mean Miz and somebody against Gargano and Champa at WrestleMania. Yeah, that'd you be know? cool.
0: That'd be cool. Um, so I think maybe Miz is the host. I was also thinking maybe Pat McAfee is somehow involved into res- the WrestleMania build. Not really sure. But from what I have down here, and that's we have 13 matches, three of which were official, went through 10 rumored-slash-expected Miz hosting WrestleMania 39. They typically have done about 16 to 17 matches. The Women's Battle Royal, Men's Battle Royal, Andre the Giant, has been uh, regulated to—wow, reg. reg wow, just sent over basically to SmackDown. <laughs> um, I don't know why I couldn't say that for that period of time, but sent over to SmackDown for the last couple of years. So we could have a couple more matches in here, Dr. Trey. You threw out Gargano. You threw out Ciampa. Um, is there anything that you're seeing on WWE television right now that makes you think that uh, we potentially missed one so far in current builds?
2: I don't know if we're, if we're going to get some kind of tag team gauntlet thing because you have the little storyline with American Alpha and Max and Mayo models. Um, so you have that going on. Like, is Otis going to become a model? Like, I, I'm. By the way, for an undercard storyline, I'm really intrigued to see where that goes because I'll be just – if they make Otis dress up and they call him Otis, I'm, I'm going to be fully on board with that because Otis is one of the funniest people around. Um, and, uh, you, you know, you still got a lot of guys on the card looking for a spot on the show. But, I, I mean, when you look at the tag team division and, you know, they we just had the Viking Raiders and you got Imperium and uh, the Brawling Brutes. And Street Profits. Street Profits and New Day and you – Neo know, and Anderson. Yeah, you got a lot of tag teams floating around with nothing to do. It's like you can't really shove them all into the battle royal, but maybe a number, what like a like a a six team ladder match. Whoever gets the contract becomes the number one contender coming out of <laughs> WrestleMania.
0: <laughs> it sounds like Russell Cade right there. Whatever yeah. Russell Cade's doing, um, we've been talking about him the last couple weeks. He is officially gone from New Japan because he lost to Eddie Kingston at the uh, battle in the Valley for New Japan Pro Wrestling. He can't wrestle in a New Japan promotion based off of the uh, stipulations. Do you think Jay White wrestles at WrestleMania 39?
2: There you go. Shove Jay White in with Gunther, Drew, and Sheamus and mm-hmm. literally make that intercontinental match mean something because nobody's from this country.
0: Yeah, yeah, and maybe Jay White walks out. So, you think Jay White's at WrestleMania?
2: Um, If not Mania, then at least the NXT show because remember, NXT loves the show, the new signee in the crowd.
0: Mm-hmm. So, I, mean, I would love I think- to see... I would love to see AJ Styles if he's healthy. Maybe AJ versus Jay White. I think that'd we're all great. missing AJ right now.
2: Yeah, so. that'd be great. I, I I mean, if if that's if that's the path, like I've only seen this, I, They're going to show him in the crowd somewhere. Uh, like new signing Jay White. If that's going to be his name, you know who knows. Um,
0: <laughs> White Jay,
2: they'll call him. <laughs> that sounds so racist <laughs> to run with that. By the way. Yep. <laughs> um. You know, it's like Jay Blanco.
0: There you go. Yeah, maybe they'll go that way. And it won't be J-A-Y. It will just be the letter J with a period. Um, all right. So that has been a lot of speculation in regards to Jay white um, Maybe he'll be wrestling in WrestleMania if you're afraid of anything that we talked about from the card updates. And we'll obviously have this over the next couple of weeks heading into WrestleMania 39. Um, there's reports out there that WWE wants to sign Jay white but there is reportedly even a bigger name that they want to sign. And according to wrestler observers Dave Meltzer, um, that much bigger free agent, he was the one that said that uh, the speculation now is, according to WrestlingNews.co, is that WWE wants to sign AW slash executive vice president and current IWGP United States Heavyweight Champion, Kenny Omega. Um, according to Fightful Select, the best bout machines contract is believed to be up or nearing an expiration date. However, Omega could have time added to his deal due to injuries. Uh, barring tonight that we're recording this during AEW Dynamite, unless Tony Khan announced, has this important announcement to be that he has signed Kenny Omega to like a 10-year deal. There is belief that WWE is interested in Kenny Omega. I feel like we're doing the Cody Rhodes story all over again. I Again, in the beginning of these stories, the same way that I felt about Cody, I was like, there's no way Cody leaves AEW I feel the same way about Kenny Omega. I think there's no way Kenny Omega leaves AEW right now, especially being involved with the, the video game fight forever. Um, and being an EVP, his buddies, the elite, this is what they've built, but things are crazy right now in AEW. And there's a story that will wrap up this week's show that makes things even more loony when it regards to AEW. But Dr. Trey, this is a really wild story that WWE reportedly wants to sign Kenny Omega. Obviously that's not shocking on the, on the surface, what is shocking? He is a, plays a pivotal role in AEW, and if he were to leave AEW like Cody did and join WWE, that would be a huge death blow to AEW, especially there's reports out there right now that the Young Bucks contract is reportedly potentially coming up as well. Your thoughts on the story, Dr. Trey? Kenny Omega, WWE, they want him. There's smoke, there's some fire. What is the likelihood of this happening right now?
2: Um, if you're asking me right now, 35 40 percent. Like, you're right. When there's smoke, there's fire. And, and when you have a guy with the, that's as talented as Kenny Omega, his contrast coming up, yeah, take a run at him. You know, we've seen it in the NFL. Like, guys' contrast come up, and you're like, oh, he's never leaving. And then all of a sudden, you're like, Tom Brady's in Tampa Bay. You know, like, it's just Devontae Adams is in Las Vegas. Like, you're kind of like, well, that's 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 odd. I didn't see that one coming. And that's kind of why I feel Kenny like, on paper, does it make sense for him to leave with as many projects within AEW as he has going on? No, but we said the same thing about Cody because, hell, Cody had his own show and was on another show on the same network that AEW's on. So it it, it didn't make sense early on, but, you know, some guys, their, their priorities are different. Like, he's had a taste of being a startup guy in a company and being – a focal point and being the guy that has to answer answer all the press releases and answer division, answer questions on the women's division that he helps run. And, you know, there's a lot of pressure when you're in that role. And sometimes you just gotta go, Hey, you know what, if I can make the money, same money and just go be a wrestler, like, is that worth it? So, uh, I don't know. Kenny's a little bit different breed. Cause I still think he holds some ill will towards WWE from when his time in NXT was up. So, who knows like right now just like I said on paper 35 40 percent that he might go but I I still lean more likely that he would stay with AEW
0: yeah I I just I cannot see it but that is such a uh, big shocking story you just get the vibes from last year Dr. Trey when we were talking about the big story at this time a year ago was it appears Cody Rhodes is on his way to WWE and that started off very slow where it's like Cody's talking to WWE and it's like no that's definitely not happening and then a week later it's like it's getting pretty serious and then three weeks later it's holy crap, he's definitely going to WWE, and then WrestleMania comes, and he is going. Um, I can't see it happening. It would be a huge blow to to AEW, Dr. Trey, but it would be a massive get for WWE as well.
2: A telltale sign would be what they do with CM Punk. True. (laughs) If if they let Punk back in the company, then that means means Kenny and the Bucks are leaving. But if they write out Punk's contract and just pay him his money and he goes on his merry little way... It'd be kind of hard to see the Omega and the Bucks leaving then at that point. But, yeah, like you said, like last year we thought the Cody story was there's no way in hell it happens. And then it all – like you know this is something we talked about a couple weeks ago. Like if, if – with Jay White, if you go to WWE and they're like, hey, here's our plan for you. We're going to do this and then we're going to do this and then you're here and then you're here. AEW doesn't really do that. We've seen that with guys going to AEW. Like there's not really a plan like a long-term plan for guys when they come to AEW. WWE seems to be a little bit better at plotting out a guy's career path if they come to work for him. And if you can present a guy like Kenny, like, hey, here's this, here's this, we're going to do this, and then you're here, and AEW's like, we'll let you do whatever you want. You know, It's a little bit different. Like you, Some people like that structured environment.
0: Uh, and then finally here, keeping up with all El elite wrestling, Dr. Trey, this is more uh, in the world of Bizarre. Uh, I was watching SmackDown this past Friday night. Noticed that MMA reporter Ariel Holani is on uh, commenting. I think he did. they did like a segment where they threw to him, and he's just typing up the crowd, talking about SmackDown that night. Um, and then during the the show, uh, A.W. President Tony Khan tweeted, quote, You're a fraud at Ariel Helani. You're as legitimate of a reporter as at Tony Schiavone 24. So when I saw that tweet, I'm like, "Oh man, they're just joking around. They're just busting chops." Like Ariel, I've, I've listened to Ariel interview AEW stars. Tony Khan himself has been on um, Ariel's podcast, MMA Hour. It's like, okay, this is just them joking around. And then Halani wrote back, "Thanks for watching, comma, old friend. Can't rate, can't wait for our next chat." And then parentheses wrote, "Also, don't listen to the Snowman, Shivani. You're legend of my books." And parentheses end quote. Okay, not showman, snowman. That is uh, going into what we hear a lot on the internets of Tony Khan being a cocaine user because of the way that he <laughs> acts and is so sporadic and, and wild. And then Halani discussed the exchange on his MMA hour with Ariel Halani, said that Tony Khan was one of the most frustrating interviews he had of all time, dating back in October. Uh, Tony Khan refused to answer any questions about Brawl Out. I can't blame him at that period of time. It was a legal situation. I'm not necessarily sure what they expected to get out of him, given the ramifications of the situation Um, to defend Tony Khan here a bit. But going back to the situation at large, Tony Khan has been known to tweet some really strange shit sometimes. And this falls in line with it again. Like this is so unnecessary I want to really like Tony Khan, and I know that there's this painted picture of him at times, that he's this rich, snobby kid that was handed a wrestling company, and he's playing professional wrestling and all that stuff. And I also understand that there's a lot of people that say that his creative is completely sank, that there's this alluded to drug use simply because Big Swole came out on a podcast after she was released and said that she smokes marijuana with Tony Khan how that leads down to a train of any other drugs, I don't know. And I don't know if there's stories out there from former AW wrestlers or not that says that Tony Khan is this drug user. And, and I agree. You, you go back to some of those press conferences. I mean, his eyes are darting all over the place. He's hugging Cesaro in a very uncomfortable fashion. Um, yeah, I mean, he can be an awkward guy. If that is something that immediately points to cocaine use, I don't know. But nonetheless, Dr. Trey... This spat, which was started by Tony Khan, is another chapter in, like, cha- of the book of, like, what the fuck are you doing, Tony Khan? Like, why do you give a shit so much? There's, like, all the times where I want to like the guy. He's he's not paying any attention. And then he comes out and he says that him and WWE are in a fight. And then there's times he says that he admires Vince McMahon. It's one of his idols. He loves what they're doing in WWE and blah, 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 blah. Like, it's always this sporadic all over the place. And this is another chapter in it i don't know if you saw this story if you give a shit about this story but to me it's so damn bizarre that this is happening from a guy who's running another wrestling promotion like why the hell do you give a shit that a journalist is on wwe television for less than two minutes and i know michael cole took shots at tony Khan during the uh elimination chamber pay-per-view uh this just seems way too silly and immature for my liking but uh here we are talking about on this week's edition show dr trey
2: so I, I found it all amusing. First of all, I didn't know that what the snowman reference meant. I, I kind of knew, but Jeff, oh, you do know, include yeah. me in was Tales from the Tales from the Territories. There was an episode, I think it was about, about Mid South, and they referenced a guy who was named Snowman, something or it was a Jake Jake Roberts versus this guy, Muhammad Ali, was in this guy's corner. And they called him the snowman. Jake's like, yep, that's exactly what he was, too. And he made the snorting, the sniffing sound. And I went, oh, now it all makes sense. mean, oh, now I get the reference. Um, but, yeah, like, first of all, like, the fact that he tweeted out while SmackDown was on. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, so Tony's watching SmackDown live? Live? Like, really? Like, uh, is it his own show, like, on the air at this point? Like, that bothered me. Because you never heard Vince or anybody else tweeting about you know, any other wrestling show when that show was on the air. Um, It it was just, it's, to me, it's like one of those things, like, why, like, you have your own show to run, I don't, I know it's okay to kind of peek at the competition or watch the competition to see if there's something you like, but to really tweet at a guy who's doing voiceover work and the occasional crowd shot, like, that's a little bit petty. You know, it's like, oh, like, he's not my friend because he's there. Like, it's like, dude, just he, he, I feel like Tony Khan takes things personally mm-hmm. when they're not personal things, you know it's like mm-hmm. it, you're either with us or you're against us, but to the utmost extreme. like it's not like it's a it's a mem- like he's not tweeting at the enhancement talents who work both you know, brands in the same week. It's a reporter from UFC and maybe it's because Halani and Punk are friends and because Halani did work for Aew, but now he's in you know helping out WWE. Oh, you must be against this. I don't know. It's just it's a really odd petulant, immature story to come out of this time. It's like like of all the things to to be whining about, you're whining about somebody's journalistic integrity from UFC which can arguably be a notch below what WWE presents itself as. You know, it's like they're an entertainment company that puts on fights. WWE's entertainment company that puts on wrestling matches like they're not that different in reality in, in a lot of ways so I just like I said I just thought it was just kind of beneath you like in in, like you said like Tony Khan's an odd dude and I get odd dudes I, I'm an odd dude but w- when you're tweeting about a reporter from UFC being at a WWE show and helping out it's like man dude's just trying to collect a paycheck he ain't doing it for free they, they paid him some money to come do that they don't Ariel Holani's not doing that as a favor to WWE. They they paid him a little bit of money. Come do it, man. Respect the man's hustle. It's hard to, I guess if you're born a billionaire, it's hard to respect somebody else's hustle.
0: It's just a, such a strange situation. There's a weird history between uh, Ariel Helani and AEW. That's the famous, like MJF did an interview with him without getting permission. Um, it, I don't get it. It just seems so beneath Tony Khan to do something like that. And then he does it. And that just kind of adds to, like, outside-looking-in perspective of AEW at times. Like, you see shit like that, and it's like, man, I really enjoy what they're doing, but damn, I don't like some of the leadership that they have there. I mean, quite honestly, right? I mean, you see that, and it's like, what? how is this ship being ran? Because creative has been been much, much better lately. But it just seems like it's... an unprofessional promotion and this is at times and this is another example of it. it's disappointing I guess I, I think I'm more disappointed than anything Dr. Troy.
2: it's amazing that this is this might be a little bit of us getting older in a sense but like AEW seems to be run at times like a super indie promotion where there's no real structure the guy in charge tries to get himself over the wrestlers kind of Put their own shit together and they go forth. Where you know, you and I work for you know, bigger companies, we're used to structure, we're used to a leadership structure. Like, you know, you mentioned AEW leadership, and it's like, okay, there's a leader, there's a guy at the top. But sometimes I feel like, remember those cartoons where you the ship's captain's running around, and everybody's like, wait, if you're here. Who's driving the ship? And you see like some drunk monkey steering the boat is like bouncing off of stuff. Yep. Like I kind of feel like that with AEW sometimes where like, hey, maybe the leadership is the Jerichos and the Moxleys, but then you have the drunk monkey steering the ship, which just means I'm never going to get a job at AEW for saying that out loud. So there you go.
0: Yeah, it's I'm past that at this point. I mean, how could you not objectively <laughs> look at both? promotions and call them out on their bullshit when there's bullshit and give them love when there's love i mean we were in love with with aaw back in you know the entire time and we've called them out on their bullshit and this is one of their bullshits it's like tony Khan doesn't did not need to do this and he did it and it became a big story for no other reason than it was pretty dumb and childish at the same time so Uh, Just another uh, line in the chapter that is some weird shit that goes on at AEW or in professional wrestling from time to time. Um, All right. That will do it for this week's edition of SRTU. Uh, With that said, let's get a couple plugs and sponsors out of the way. You can download the show every Thursday at realguyradio.com, Russell Chatnet on Twitter, and the Still Real to Show iTunes feed. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to help us comment charts on iTunes. You can follow us individually on Twitter for myself at SRTU Jeff. And for Dr. Trey Franklin at the Dr. Trey. And of course, don't forget to follow the show on Twitter at SRTU Podcast. With that being said, what is going on in the wonderful world of Dr. Trey Franklin this week?
2: Well, like Jeff said, you can follow me on Twitter at the Dr. Trey. You can find me on Facebook and Instagram, Dr. Trey Franklin. Uh When you're on Facebook, check out Rocket State Championship Wrestling. Uh, they just had a big show this past Saturday. We're getting closer to Wrestling Con 6. Uh, we'll have some names to be announced soon for that as well, so be sure to go and check them out on Facebook. And then also just check out your local independent wrestling shows. There's a bunch of shows running all over the country. Uh, maybe not this week in the Northeast, and the upper Midwest because of the snow, but But look, get on Facebook, search out Independent Wrestling Near Me, and there will be stuff that pops up, so go check out your future stars uh, before they become future stars, like your Austin theories, your MJFs, your Darby's, all those guys were just in the independent arenas like four years ago, so it's crazy
0: So support all the great things that Support SRTU and uh, to everybody that's been listening and listening here for uh, the last year, last five years, ten years, or the full thirteen years thank you, thank you, thank you for making us part of your week each and every week uh, it's been an honor and a privilege to do this for 13 years, talk about fresh and wrestling, something both Dr. Trey really, both of us really, truly love and enjoy. We've been doing it for 680 straight weeks, and we cannot thank you enough for all the support that you give us. So continue to spread the love of SRTU and help us continue to grow this very, very lovely podcast that we call home here each and every week. Uh, So, with that said, until next week when we preview and predict AW Revolution for Dr. Trey Franklin, I'm Jeff Peck. This is the Storetha Show.